Jam Sesh. That is correct. This is the Jam Sesh. My name Yo. is Mike. Hello, I'm Jack. And this is Jack. Jack, yeah. how you doing today? I'm doing great. What do you think of the intro? Honest opinion. Honest opinion? Um, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> Just <laughs> that, kidding. That's I what it. I was going for. I was <laughs> trying to make it sound obnoxious, but... Yeah, that's it, great. I think uh, your deep voice jam sesh threw me off the first time that I heard it. It was I, actually, it made me laugh. Like, I really, did really have hard. to download on my computer like a custom pitch like thing to add with my microphone. So that wasn't using it some no, sort of no, AI? No, and then the, the other one that we're going to play later, yeah, I had to, another custom pitch thing. What kind of software are you using? It's called like voice mod. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. so when I like game with my friends... It, I can change my voice. <laughs> they hate it. They hate it so much, but it's so funny to me. Amazing. Yeah, so this is the Jam Sesh. We talk about ourselves. We talk a lot about sports here in the DFW area. And um, what a time to actually be a DFW fan. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing Titletown could be like in the works at some point. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think a lot of Rangers magic can rub off on some other teams here. Yeah, um, it's really exciting being a part of a championship team like the Rangers because I don't know how to respond or act. Yeah, um, it's just kind of new, you know. It's like the because I was too young for the Mavs. It was like I was eleven. Yeah, that's wild to me, man. I mean, I, I know like we're ten years apart, and I remember vividly partying my ass off after, <laughs> after the Mavs won because it was so cool to act. I think that was my first. Um, like true joy experience of like actually like you realized it oh yeah because when the stars won i was nine mm -hmm. and it was also like three o'clock in the morning so i fell asleep by the time they actually won and went yeah. into double overtime triple overtime and uh when the mavs won that was it, it just just the glory of it all it wasn't even more of the title itself like everybody was really happy for dirk for achieving it but it was uh it was taking down the big three yeah and I think it's <laughs> that's where the glory it was. brought more than like like I think a title to a town brings more than just the sport. It brings all the bandwagon and, and people who don't care about sports together. And it kind of yeah. makes like a a group kind of cohesion among DFW that you don't really see a lot because I feel like most people are split most of the time. You know, and I, I just thought of this, too, because that was June of 2011. Yeah. Well, in October of 2010, we almost got a title. That is true. With the Rangers. And you're wondering if some of that magic rubbed off. Because they went back-to-back -back yeah. two World Series in a row. And they, the second one, they what well, had down to a strike. and then Twice. And yeah, yeah, that's where the heartbreak. And I think that almost eliminated all the happiness that you felt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it like like the, like I feel like the Rangers like got rid of some demons for me for like the Cowboys, too. 100%. Like, yeah, no. the trauma I, I've gone through, like following the Cowboys as a fan, have they, they're relieved I'm enjoying the Cowboys again because I saw a team win. Yeah. The, speaking of that, you know, before we get into the, the deeper statistics of how they're performing week over week, uh, and whether or not, you know, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop like always. Mm hmm. If the Rangers are truly rubbing off like some sort of like magic on all the Dallas teams at the moment, I believe that the Stars are eleven and three. Uh, Mavs are eight and three, and we're not going to need to talk about what happened last night. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, Mavs are eight and three, uh, and your Cowboys are six and three at the moment. You have to sit and wonder. <laughs> um, 
whether or not this Cowboys team is doing what we've watched them do for the last couple of years, your blowouts of uh, inferior teams, like at least they don't play down to the level of competition like they used to. Yeah. Um, it's not like they blow them out. It used to be growing up Cowboys games. Every game was kind of close. Yeah. Um, but now it's like bad team. No, we're going to stop them. But it's a good team. You just don't know. Yeah. And that's that's where I feel like that's uh, the wall that they're now hitting. And this is, again, just like with Tony Romo, Dak Prescott's facing that narrative of how do you get over that hump? Mm-hmm. And uh, he... I think his bigger fear right now is San Francisco. I think San Francisco is more in his mind than even Philly is because he's pretty much dominated Philly his whole career. And yeah, yeah he lost in a game of inches mm-hmm. uh, at Philly. But if you looked at the Philly bench, they were holding their breath all the way to the end. Like yeah. They were holding on for dear life and everybody knew it. Your big talking heads watched it and went, they didn't want to admit it. Yeah. But Dallas kind of outperformed Philly that day. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. San Francisco, on the other hand, and that was Dak Prescott middle school that we watched because I feel like it's just he got punched in the mouth so quickly he didn't know what to do. Yeah, and if the playoffs were to kind of end the day, we would play. We would go to San Francisco and play them. Again. And I kind of want that. On the road. I kind of want that, and I kind of want redemption. I feel like, what, three times against San Francisco we've lost, and it's been disappointing. I Mm -hmm. feel like it's time to kind of, I don't know, exercise some demons and stuff and which is what yeah and you're wondering if that magic will actually rub off i I really hope so but um the stretch coming up is kind of brutal for the cowboys like after these next i mean what after thanksgiving yeah like the giants were 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 bad then they play the panthers who are like the worst team in the league and then the commanders who can always give you a run for your money you never know but then you got seattle philly at buffalo uh at miami Against the Lions at home, and then the Commanders in the year. That's terrible. Yeah, and I mean, Week 18, <laughs> we're going to lose, because we always lose Week yeah. 18 against the Commanders anyway. Yep, I agree. And then uh, the Eagles have the Giants, Arizona, and then at the Giants, the last three games. Oh, yeah, so we know they're going to go 3-0 and Yeah. To, to cap it off. And knowing that if it's at the Giants, and we have at the Commanders, as long as we've split the series with Philly, which I believe we can do, that, yeah, I'm not I'm, worried about that game. Me neither, because I, I th- I'm expecting us to split. So week 18 is going to become crucial. I'm having a, an odd feeling that whoever wins week 18, they're going to win the division. Yeah, but if so, the Eagles play uh, at the Chiefs, Bills or Bills at home and Niners at home. And if they go three and zero, I'm just going to pack it up, dude. <laughs> but I don't expect them to go three and zero. I expect them to split half those games because they play Seattle. Uh, right after right after us. So that's a five-game stretch for them that's pretty tough. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. And, you know, all you need out of that is if you can get one loss out of it. Yeah. You're you're in. But that means we have to win every oh, game. We every cannot game. lose. Every game. And also, um, the Dallas Cowboys record at the moment, uh, in conference, I believe, they're 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. And um, Philly's undefeated in conference. So tiebreakers, you know, it's... Yeah, you. It's kind of curtain. It does right go now. head to head. Yeah, but that's one to one. Yeah, and then what division? And it, then conference. It goes division record because we'll both be five, record. three and one, four, four and one. We'll both be uh, five and one. Five and one. Okay. So then Sorry, it goes conference record. Yeah. Okay. And then they win. Yeah. So you need two. You need them to drop two in this stretch before they come back to Dallas. But it's not realistic to expect Dallas to win out. 
No, like not at they're all. gonna Dallas is gonna lose two more, three more games. Exactly. And to who you look at <laughs> how Buffalo performed against Denver the other night, and I don't trust their defense. You look at uh Miami and they kind of have the same issue as Dallas does when it comes to bigger opponents. They don't know how to size up, so that one's yeah. kind of the toss up for me. I think Detroit's gonna be tough. Detroit's gonna be tough. At home. Yeah. That's the I first agree. time I feel like and maybe forever a Detroit game has been tough. Yeah. I mean, last year was I know that was Dak's first game back, but yeah. I mean it was it wasn't the prettiest game, like coming, you know, coming down to the wire and Detroit's only improved. Yeah. So that's and is it at Detroit? No, it's here. Which is helps because Dak's helps. on fire at home. Yeah, he's undefeated right but now. But Dan Campbell used to coach here, right? Exactly. And so I feel like the fiery man he is, he's gonna have them revved up to play here. So uh we did receive news yesterday, uh the breaking news that Leighton Vanderesh had um possibly having uh surgery, but uh his season is over. Even career ending, possibly potentially is what career I saw. ending. Yeah. Um so what are your thoughts on that? Um you know, it it really doesn't phase me as much as I think it did at the beginning because Marquise Bell has really filled in and Damone Clark has filled in. They both look great. Um, we really look like we haven't missed a beat without Vanderesh. Now, I feel like when we would play like more of a, a, a running team, that's where we're going to miss Vanderesh the most because I feel like he was good at filling the gaps. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and Mozzie's showing some improvement. Uh, first time last week against yes. the Giants, I saw him stand out. And the thing is, is that I, I feel like not regression. Regression is the wrong word mm-hmm. with Micah, but no, I don't think Mike is regressing at all. But he's he he can't pass rush uh-huh. and play the way he line. did with LVE. That's true on defense. He has and to so drop it, back more. It's inhibiting him a yeah. little bit. And this is where you do want somebody like Mozzie and Hankins or whatever to be plugging that hole to where now Micah goes into his primed position. Yeah, as a pass rusher, and yeah, I just think that you you're going through a lot of struggles there. Micah's identity basically on the defense. I think it's slipping him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, what he there was he's recorded no stats. Yeah. Against the Giants. <laughs> but also, I feel like what um, six other guys had sacks or five, four other guys had sacks against the Giants. So like, I feel like Micah was getting doubled or like having to drop back, and those other guys were getting those one on one or getting passers. held at least fifteen. Yeah, times. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's fair. But I mean, what Marquise Bell was like number one on pff as the linebacker like rated the best linebacker this was a couple weeks ago now he's 14 but um i mean he's he's looked good but that that is a really good point that micah is having to kind of get tugged in two different directions with lve out yeah filling that role for lve that so yeah it definitely will be missed uh I think it does change the whole dynamic of our defense. You know, you lo- you lose Diggs, now you lose LVE. That's yeah, that's two really really key players. At least Bland makes you feel okay. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean he takes he takes care of a lot of what you're missing with Diggs, but to have both of them out there, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And just to not experience that because Bland came on what about four games left last year? Yeah. He started really picking up, and then like man, Diggs and him were starting to compete. And you're like, bro, we might have like. And then Gilmore, the Bland, and and Diggs would have been so good this year, no. but hey, that's the Was way it? football go. Apparently, <laughs> that sucks. So one question for you when it regards 
uh, I guess the rest of the Cowboys season is to me is Pollard. I found this really interesting. Um, whenever he runs the ball like less or less than fifteen times, he's effective. 100%. He has juice. Yep, dude, we're sandbagging this bro. Heavy. Do you think we're we're giving him too many touches? What is he averaging right now? Like eighteen to twenty? If that? I thought it's above twenty. I don't know. Hold on. Let me. I actually want to pull up that stat line because. because it's making Rico look like a god, Rico Dowdle, because oh. it makes him look like he has the juice. Here's the thing. They need to split it evenly the rest of the way. We we did this last year, last two years, especially mm-hmm. when it came to Zeke and, and Paul. Now, yes, Zeke was bell cow for way too long, and I do believe like the hits caught up with him. And But he's still doing moderate production with New England. Yeah. And not needing to be the bell cow over there with Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, for Pollard, so he was coming in averaging, I think, 12 touches a game. Yeah. And looking monstrous. And the thing is, is I don't know how defenses size up um, in the box compared or depending on who is uh, the starting running back. But all you did was take Ezekiel Elliott out of the equation, put Pollard in that spot. And put Dowdle where Pollard used to be. And now yeah. we all go, oh, man, well, Dowdle, yeah. he looks good now. And it's like, no, I think it's just how defenses are reading it. So, like, you got your number one running back out there. Okay, we're going to box it up a little bit more. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I can now see Dowdle's that. in there, and then it's just like, boom, wow, he looks great. Because like, you don't expect Dowdle to run the ball every time, is what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, Pollard's not as good of a, a, a pass blocker. So, they're going to be expecting a bit more of the run when it comes when it comes to Pollard. Dowdle though is a good pass blocker and he's a brute. He has like that Marion Barber oh yeah energy to him and it's like whenever the uh whenever the defenses see that that Dowdle's in there right now, they might be looking for more pass protection and so then they're dropping back a little bit more allowing Dowdle to find those holes. Yeah. It's literally the same thing that happened last year. Like with Zeke and Pollard, they might be dropping back a bit more with Pollard, but then suddenly it's opening up a lot more. Because, I mean, you're right, because Pollard last year had that threat of catching the ball. Out of the backfield. Out of the back, mm-hmm. out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, when Pollard is your one, you're kind of you're kind of expecting him to get the ball more in like a running position. Yeah. But I, I, I just still feel like he's getting a little bit too more too much of touches to where it's kind of he's not being as effective as he can be. Well, then, if they've learned anything about this, and you've seen it with Derrick Henry, and now you've and you've seen it with yeah. Zeke, the days of the fat contracts for running backs are are gone for so now. So gone. And the thing is, is you have to become a hybrid player. Um, everybody thought that uh, Bijan might be the example of that, and Atlanta doesn't know how to use him at all. Dude. So, <laughs> at all. But look what they did to Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. Like you got a Megatron over there, and you guys are like, ah, "We're not going to give him the ball." It's like y'all are dumb. Like yeah. I don't know. And so, between Zeke and Derrick Henry, they kind of took the the riches from everybody. And then, whenever you do get paid that kind of money, you're you are expected thirty to thirty five touches a game. You know, and if you're not breaking a hundred every single game, we got a problem. And it's like, well, that. But a human You're beating up a body. A human can't do that yeah, even, for a whole season now. Even a juiced, roided out Derrick Henry, which yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know how he's passed every test possible, but <laughs> the dude, he's hurt. And it's yeah. just it's it's a beating on the body. And with Pollard, I think that his contract, if he's to stay, 
And I don't know how much this injury, if he's still in recovery or still recovering from that um, broken, was it the ankle? Yeah, where he kind of got trapped and, and just broke. Yeah, and maybe he's still six to eight months away from like being 100, 100%. I mean, but that I mean, is true. We kind of, I feel like he was rushed back along with Terrence Steele. I feel like both those guys were super rushed back because of the contracts. Like yeah. Steele got his new contract, Pollard got the franchise tag. I mean, it, and Pollard's got to play to get more money. Yeah, he's got to prove himself even. And more. also, it's I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, and this is going to be a horrible radio show. But isn't it on a franchise tag? If you, it's a per week thing, right? Like, like you get paid per week, and so like if you don't, is it really? I'm pretty sure. Like like a regular contract, right? Well, except or you don't. What's get that, different about it? On a regular contract, you get the guaranteed money. Okay. But on a franchise tag, you just get the one year. You get that guaranteed money up front, though, right? I'm pretty sure. But on and a then, franchise tag, it's split up over the 18 weeks. But even if Plus you were to bonuses be for playoffs. injured, you would still get that. I think you lose that week that you're injured. Really? I'm like uh, 90% sure. I might be totally wrong about this. And if so, you, whenever you go back... Uh-huh. And listen to this whole thing. You're deleting this part. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but if I don't, you're right. I'm an effing idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, but no. I uh, looking at Pollard's uh, statistics here as I pull up my Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, week one, he had 14 touches. Week two, 25. Now, that's yeah, that, that's, that's, kind that's of bell cow level. Red flaggy. 23, 11 against New England. Whoa, whoa, whoa. but. Um, can you look at receiving or how many targets he's getting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, how, like, how does that factor into kind of, so total. Okay. So then total, he had, um, starting in week one, that was uh three targets and 14 rush attempts. So okay. 17 total, uh, two catches. So 16 altogether against a blowout against the giants. Yeah. Um, 32 total, 25 rush attempts, and seven catches against the Jets. That was a lot. That was a but lot. the Jets came out hot to start the year with 20, run defense. 26 total, 23 rush, three catches against Arizona in that mm. god-awful game. That's going to come back to haunt us. Oh, yeah. It is, dude. It's you already knew it's a little Elsie that was there. Yeah. Uh, and then New England, he had 11 touches and three catches. Okay. Uh, San Francisco was eight touches and four catches with a fumble and a fumble lost. Just a brutal game. Uh, Chargers was 15 and 6. That's not bad. Uh, against the Rams, just 12 touches and a catch. Uh, 12 touches and three catches against Philly. And then the Giants, 15 touches. I mean, like they're they're keeping that's them not, that's not in that range. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, is that I feel like week two having almost 30 total between like five catches, 25 touches. Yeah. That's a lot. It's too much. And yeah. he's not that guy. And what you're what you're proving is is that with Dowdle, what is he a year two player at the moment? Mm-hmm. You can give a team friendly deal to Pollard and still have the one two punch coming out of the back. Yeah, where nobody has to go beyond fifteen. Between yeah, the I I agree. Fifteen, ten, twelve, twelve. But it's just, whoever just has the hotter the hotter hand that day. I mean, I guess to keep in mind, Dowdle was hurt, kind of most of the year, right? I would say like last year. No, this year he's been kind of his hip injury has been kind of kicking his butt. Is it really? No, I didn't know that. Um, like the past, I mean, he's been a- inactive for a, he had a three game stretch of being inactive 
I don't I don't know if that lines up that's with right. with Tony no, getting more workload or not because that that's a serious problem the Cowboys don't have is someone behind Pollard when when Dowdle's gone. Yeah, they did have. Um, oh man, who was number three back there? He he's probably on the practice. Malik Davis. Yeah, I remember I think that he's practice game. squad, right? Yeah, and then so, Deuce ain't ready. No, Deuce is not ready <laughs> at all. And I loved his preseason antics and you know playing against the rookies, and he yeah. looked amazing. But everybody just kept saying, "Just wait till he plays starters." And yeah. it, it's a totally it different game, bro. Yeah, and <laughs> I was really hoping he get a decent punt return last week, but he kind of did for one. How but. about that one two weeks ago with Turpin? Dude, he and you saw the flag come out before he caught the ball, and I, I literally said he's taking this to the house because yeah. it's not going to count, and he did, and I was like, I hate everything. Dude, this dude is Turpin. <laughs> Turpin pisses me off so much. I feel like he's like the most overrated kick returner, but these past couple of weeks, he's he's monstrous. He looks good, dude. dude he, he looks great against San Francisco in that playoff game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The kickoff return? Yeah, I don't know who you're running into. Like, like if you just you went the wrong right, way, yeah, <laughs> you're you're to the house. I can see that with like a horizontal view of the game. I don't but, even have uh, to have the view he had. Between that play and then Diggs, dude, it Diggs. If mm. you just bump Kittle, if you just bump him while he's bobbling that ball, he drops yeah. it, and that's your game. That is that's your game right there. And it, the last thing I want to say about Dallas. You know, talking about all the glory and like maybe there is some magic that's going to rub off on them. You lost to Philly with with two toes out of bounds and Schoonmaker getting a pass interference on the one inch line, and yeah. you lost. And it's like it doesn't matter that it's unfair or oh that's BS or whatever. The fact that that's what stopped you from winning this game is like the most frustrating thing about being so a Cowboys fan. frustrating, man. Get over that hump and actually win the game. Yeah. And when it comes to San Francisco, you bump Kittle, he drops that ball, and they, that's not a 40-yard gain. Turpin, yeah. look forward. You, you, you know where you're going. That's to the house. Why? What is it in the mentality of a Dallas Cowboy? It's the little things that kills us, dude. You think twice, like, like you, you you put a second thought in there. Yeah. Remember in week, what was it, week five when we played San Francisco, mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott rolls out to the left, and he has um, linebacker can't think of his name at the moment, Fred Warner, Warner, just barreling down on him. Yeah, and you got to throw it away, and he looks like he's going to throw it away, and but then he thinks about it for a second and takes the hit. It's Tom Landry. It's the Landry he's, curse, bro. It's, he's it, haunting us, bro. Every decision last second. Like, what are you doing? You know you're supposed to throw it. I don't know. They ask him on the sidelines. I don't know. I just, the second a ghost came up to me. So my 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 ultimate theory, I love the blowouts. They're fun to watch, but really I feel spoiled watching them too because I'm like, yeah, we are that good. And we know we're that good. Yeah. I'm not going to believe it until it's a... A Philly victory, but then everybody's going to go, well, let them play one more time. Now they're yeah. even, you know, whatever. It's it's San Fran. Like, they are the cream of the crop. It, this Cowboys team feels like the Rangers team. Does it? The ups and downs. Yeah. You feel like you're the best team in baseball. You feel like you're the best team in the NFL. Then you come out and, and crap the bed to That's true. a good team or Arizona, a bad team. And you're like, what's going on? It's just so mind-boggling. And you scream garbage as yeah. loud as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Until the point where they went on a run and they won the World Series. So, I don't know. I feel like the Cowboys are building up 
this time this year's different. The past two years they came out and they got good, but they didn't get any better. This year they're good, but they're gonna get better. I feel like they're climbing up a mountain, especially right now. and it's backwards too how it's going. Um, last year the defense got hotter and hotter and hotter as it went along, and their yeah. offense kind of like they they had their moments of like shiny, clean, mm-hmm. really good looking, but like yeah, they didn't improve this year with the whole change in the dynamic of the offense. <laughs> that was trash for the first month. Like, like our oh. offense was the defense oh. had to carry everything. And now, and I was getting worried because I was like, bro, they're going to get tired. Yeah. And it, it's going to, they're not going to be able to push all the way late into, because you need the defense to be at that level. Come playoff time. Two or three playoff games going all the way to the promised land. What they did to San Francisco last year in the playoffs. We need that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and. You want Micah Parsons to be pissed off saying, we held him under 20. I don't know what else we could do. Mm, he ain't yeah. wrong. That's, that's yeah, a no, fact. You not. held that great team to under 20 points. And so you're now watching this offense improve week over week, starting with the Chargers going forward. And it's like, wow. Like for, and for McCarthy to look at what, what's working with this Texas Coast offense, like he, how, how he puts it, and what Dak's comfortable with and not comfortable with, and during the bye week going, all right, maybe it should be more in his hands. Yeah, you know, like like we can we can implement, but more with him. He just looks doing. free, and it works. Yeah, and it's and uh, that's scrambling what I love. Dak's the best Dak, absolutely. And I know that the one hundred and sixty million dollar, you know, whatever mm-hmm. one one sixty five that that you're paying him, you don't want him scrambling. It's like Lamar finally trusting his running backs in Baltimore. You yeah. know, it's because you're you're afraid of the injury. Mm-hmm. Whenever he did a full front flip, you yeah. know, trying to get into the end zone, we all went ah, like yeah. you know, because it's you, you lose Dak, you lose the season. Yeah, and everybody knows it because Cooper Rush ain't taking us nowhere. No, he's not. But hey, man, glory to that man. If we don't keep him, somebody's going to pick him up and give him a great contract. And to wrap up today, let's do a little bit of DBA. It's a parade inside my city, I don't like CP at all. Like, we don't have a good relationship at all. The Drama Basketball Association. On this week's episode, Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. Okay, so that's that's not me talking like a girl. That's that's AI, Michael. Um, but when I think about the NBA, the, the number one thing that draws my attention is the drama of the NBA. So I wanted to make a segment about it. So I'm calling this the DBA segment, the Drama Basketball Association. I love it. Um, so that that kind of that that kind of fires me up to talk about. So NBA. you like the bad girls club side of yeah the NBA I, more than the actual because playing basketball myself, I kind of understand the pettiness and 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 then now the NBA is bigger than ever on on X Twitter. So it's like it's it's so much fun to follow. So last night, <laughs> just yeah, blowing your segment right now, bro. Um, so last night. The Timberwolves and the Warriors played in a playing game. 
Um, not to mention they played Sunday. So same thing with the Mavs last night. They played the Pelicans and <sighs> then they played Sunday against the Pelicans again, which I think is really dumb by the NBA having to play back to back because you know they're going to split it. So let's just give the Pelicans the play the tournament game. Yeah. yeah, like, okay, whatever. So we're out of the play tournament already. Yeah, um, for real. <laughs> and that's, and like, I know only like 20% of people cared about it. Yeah. I didn't care about it, but it's like, well, now we can't even play in it. Yeah, like, I was like, dumb. I was like, what? Like, yeah, who, whatever. Stupid we're we're eight and three, bro. We're, we're about to go 79 and three, so I don't care. Um, okay, so in that Sunday game, Draymond Green got into it with Anthony Edwards. I don't know if you know about this. Um, they got into no. a, a big screaming match, yada, 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 um, where I believe the Timberwolves ended up winning. Uh, Edwards had a electrifying dunk, and he kind of was like, F you back to Draymond. So yesterday, God. Um, in the second game of the meeting in the last two games, they to not even two minutes in. Yeah, I was like, it was tip off, it and was then ten a stone minutes cold on the clock. Like, <laughs> like Edwards goes up, he shoots the ball, he misses. Um, I think Draymond got the rebound, passes it up, and then it's all of a clay. sudden, you, yeah, all of a sudden you see Clay and Jaden McDaniels, who plays for the Timberwolves. Like ripping each other's clothes yeah, off. Yeah, it, McDaniel's <laughs> literally like ripped Clay's jersey all the way up. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Like, and then all of a sudden, here comes Rudy Gobert, and Gobert comes up, and according to Steve Kerr, Gobert put his hands on Clay's neck. I don't know if that's true. I didn't. See I didn't that. see it. He's <laughs> trying to break up the fight. Okay? I saw Draymond trying to kill Gobert and once then, Gobert got near it, and then Draymond beelines it to <laughs> yeah. Gobert and just puts him in a in a headlock. And then you see Gobert start to fade. Did you see that? Yeah. And he the starts hands go up. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, and then there's a little shake. And then I'm like, he's, he's his, killing the His dude. legs are giving out. He's starting to fall backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is this is professional basketball. This is amazing that this is happening. <laughs> and I know some old head's gonna be like, bro, I hate seeing Back that. Back in my day. Yeah, we were that's professionals. Weak. Yeah, we were rougher. You know? <laughs> Shut up, like, dude. My, like MJ didn't like try to crack skulls with a basketball, <laughs> bro. Like, yeah. So they have a history, um, and this is kind of what I want to do in this segment: is something drama happens, or maybe something drama happens in the past. I would love to depict it and go in depth. So in 2019, Gobert was on the Jazz, and he cried that he didn't make the All Star team. <laughs> oh God, he cried. I forgot about that. Too much. Too much has happened in the world. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, he cried. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but when this is like kind of the first couple years that they would pick, they would have all star cap captains, and they would pick. Um, and no one really likes the Jazz. They would always get last pick. So Gobert ended up making the All Star team the next couple years. Well, so the Jazz already are not liked upon, um, because of that. I, I feel like they don't have like um, the respect among among others in the league. When he cried, Draymond on Twitter said, "I guess I should cry too." No Charlotte, and then put like three crying emojis. <laughs> <laughs> this is like right after that. Okay, um, so we jump all the way to 2022 when Draymond made the All Star team, um, All Star game team, whatever, um, and he was on TNT with all the guys. And he said, one thing, this is quote unquote, one thing I can assure you, if I didn't make it this year, I was going to cry. <laughs> he 
just you can't so let it go. Bro. Draymond's <laughs> just a bully. Yeah, oh yeah. And now this is been like this. this is after Gobert touching all the mics with the COVID thing and oh god. Yeah. So he's hated even more. Right. Um, eight mo- eight months later, Gobert waits to retaliate. He took a shot back at him, saying, "Insecurity is always loud." When video of Draymond punching Jordan Poole got leaked. Oh yeah. So Gobert fired back at Draymond. Um, a couple months later, time out on that. With the Jordan Poole thing, as much as I followed it, Poole was pretty much being a prima donna himself, wasn't he? Yeah, he got his ring, got his bag, and kind of was like, because I remember Curry at the end of the season last year, mm-hmm. like just hating Jordan Poole. Yeah, he he had to be put in his place, and I don't know if you've seen this year. He's become a major distraction in Washington. I was gonna say because they're he's, like two he's, and eight. Yeah, it, and it, he's like the coach is trying to talk to him. He's like, "It's my team. I don't care." And like, like I know Draymond's like a you know he is a bully. He's brash, you know. But but if you can play ball at a respectable level, he'll respect you back. Exactly. Yeah. Like like he's he's a no BS kind of guy when it comes to that. Like in my intro, have those clips where Draymond Green talking trash, but. Because I feel like that's all there is in the last 10 years. Yeah, it, <laughs> He says, me and CP3 ain't friends. I don't like that guy. Yeah. They're on the same team now. And they respect each other. Right. They're both they're both there to ball. And they're both uber competitors. And this is what they actually enjoy about the... Uh, uh, God. <laughs> just throw something through the window. What's up? Hello. How's it going? Whoa, what's going on in here? <laughs> are we whipping them out and measuring? What are That's we doing? That's what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. This yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. This is how the gold is made, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Dan Bennett. Whoa, this is so cool. I'm glad wow. you could see us. Oh, man. Whoa. That's our that's our executive Dan Bennett. We're leaving all of this in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, I'm go, gonna post it go to s- the cumulus thing. <laughs> I'm gonna go snap some necks and cash some checks and bang some hoes, boys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dan. All right. <laughs> See ya, Dan. Yeah, we're gonna leave that in. I just might have to bleep out the name we said, but um, I definitely need you to make a clip of that, just so that I can keep it. Yeah, when I when I turned around and saw him, it was pressed against the glass. I was like, okay, let me just stop, (laughs) stop talking. I don't want him to know what we're doing. Um, man, I don't know. You were saying, uh, uh, Draymond, uh. I don't know where I was at, but um, CP3's on Golden the same State. team, so you know they'll it, respect it, each other right. if you're a good baller. Draymond will no BS kind of guy, no BS. Um, I mean, KD brought a little BS, BS, but he kind of accepted him because he balled. Yeah, but the thing too about KD, I, I don't. He let others like get in his head about you know the glory that Steph Curry was. Yeah, Steph Curry is the golden child. He is because he's he's from there. Like like he he it's he his emanated. team, dude. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about KD, as talented, probably you know top ten player all time. You could probably put him in that conversation. He allowed the talk around the league to be like, oh, you're always going to be second fiddle to Steph Curry. 
who cares? You're going to get like eight rings, bro. Yeah. Like, just enjoy it. It's, you know? a, it's an ego thing. And I'm sorry that that one year, what was it, 2017 or 2016, uh, when you went seven games against Golden State when you were with the Thunder. Oh, and blew a 3 1 lead. You blew the 3 1 lead. I mean, yeah. LeBron returned the favor to them yeah. in, the, in the finals. It, it happens. And the thing is, is everybody thought it was such an unfair advantage when you joined Golden State. Yeah. But it's because of the the LeBron Kyrie duo. They're like, oh, well, we need one more piece. And, dude, I was a KD stand growing up. I, I got all his shirts. I got his first kicks, like his socks, his backpack. I worked to middle school. It would mean so much more to me if he stayed with Oklahoma City and actually won one. Like, yeah. imagine if he was still there and Bro, he won they, one. He'd be a god. They drafted three MVPs. He'd be Mr. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. But besides the point um, of... Kevin Snake Durant will. I, I like KD. He's one of my favorite players, but he did. That was kind of lame to leave. I don't know. He allowed like the whole Harden energy to yeah really take over. And I hate that where it's like I'm not saying you have to be the most loyal. Like mm-hmm. people get upset. Like Micah Parsons should be more worried about the team. Micah Parsons is going to worry about Micah Parsons. Yeah, and if he sees this team has hit, his, dude, he'll his do peak. the same thing as KD. And and Patrick Mahomes is calling him like, hey, we should work out. We should do this. Blah 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 blah. He's going to KC. He'll yeah, see. Yeah, it. it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, it will. I, and I I mean I respect it from yeah. Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, but it, it would have been cool because we don't live too far from Oklahoma City. It would have been we get some influence from Hell Thunder yeah. fans. Yeah. But anyways, Gobert ended up punching his teammate. So I don't know if you know about this. Um, the last game, last day of the season last year. Or in 2022, Gobert punched Kyle Anderson and got sent home. And so Draymond tweeted the same thing uh, Gobert said and said, (laughs) insecurity is always loud. So they've had a past. They've been beefing on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. I hate when people do that on the radio too. I'm just like, you don't need to preface, but I just did it. You just did it automatically. I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter for the yeah, rest of my life. I People mean, all know what you're talking about. Yeah, because you say X. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so they've had major beef. Now, Draymond hates this guy's guts, apparently, for him to come across the court and jump on him and put him in a chokehold. Oh, it was the golden opportunity. And now to, he's going to get out back. for like a month. The last thing I'll finish up with, though, Draymond has no comments on it. I can't find any comments on it. Now, we're recording this podcast the day after. He's probably going to say some some crap on his podcast or something. Oh, absolutely. But Gobert, in the press conference, he said, clown behavior. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said this to The Athletic. It was a long time, and if he knew how to chill cold, it would have been way worse. Oh, my God. So, basically, to wrap this up, I think they're going to both get spears and get on horses and it ain't over and, and, and ride up to each other and try to kill each other. <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely going to carry on here for like the next year or so, at least. I, I don't know, like last night when it came to that chokehold, if he was really like starting to pass out or it, Dude, was, just getting, it was getting so out of hand that he was like, all right, all right, all yeah, right. He, all right. He like, knew, he knew, it, yeah. They're, they're going to break us up. Like, okay, yeah. you know, whatever. And maybe trying to make Draymond look like the a-hole in this situation. But he did like, a great job doing that. He did. <laughs> so. I, 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 I like Draymond because he brings that 90s basketball energy that is gone. 
Bro, he was like stomping on people like <laughs> when they're laying down. Like he he is that kind of I feel like he's he's all go. No, he doesn't second guess what he's about to do. He just does. He just wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah, and what is he? He's won what, four titles? Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. He can do whatever he wants. And if he was on the Mavs or my favorite team, I'd have his jersey. Yeah, absolutely. And the But thing- I hate him because he's not. <laughs> Screw that guy. I've always been a huge Draymond fan and a lot of people are like, oh, he, he, he no class or, you know, he's so unprofessional, blah, 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 blah. He brings that entertainment, mm-hmm. that Rodman entertainment that, exactly. that you really enjoy from the 90s. You need so. that kookiness on a team full of champions. Yeah. I feel like that makes it gel. Yeah. He's going to call you out on your crap. Yeah. I totally agree, man. Well, that's our jam sesh. See you guys later.